Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it'll help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. Good morning. The first reading is from the second chapter of Genesis. And then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But but still there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. The second reading is from the first chapter of Hebrews. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now, in these final days, he has spoken to us through the Son. Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. And through the Son, he created the universe. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the sun is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than than the names. And furthermore, it is not angels who will control the future world we are talking about. For in one place the scriptures say, What are mere mortals that you should think about them, or a son of man that you should care for him? Yet for a little while, while you made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor, you gave them authority over all things. Now when it says all things, it means nothing is left out. But we have not yet seen all things put under their authority. What we do see is Jesus, who for a little while was given a position a little lower than the angels. And because he suffered death for us, 
He is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to bring them into their salvation. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same Father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. For he said to God, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. Here ends the reading. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the 10th chapter. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap Jesus with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife? Jesus answered them with the question, What did Moses say in the law about divorce? Well, he permitted it, they replied. He said a man can give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away. But Jesus responded, Moses wrote this commandment only as a concession to your hard hearts. But God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Later, when Jesus was alone with his disciples in the house, They brought up the subject again. He told them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries someone else, she commits adultery. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with the disciples He said to them, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. Here ends the reading. Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, Jesus, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, who inspires us all. Amen. One of the theologians whose study material I like to read began her article for preachers this week by simply saying, let's just start by admitting that none of us wants to preach on this gospel text about divorce. Guilty. As a pastor who has been divorced, this is especially true for me. But I'm guessing most of you, your lives have also been touched by divorce in one way or another. And so really, this reading hits close to all of our broken hearts. Yet here we are with this passage in front of us. So how about we gather our courage, roll up our sleeves, and dive in? First, a little background. 
In Jewish culture, going all the way back to the book of Deuteronomy, divorce was legal and a part of society. But in the ancient world, divorce almost always made women and children very vulnerable because it left them without any means of support and no place to find protection. Because of that, perhaps that is why Jesus spoke so strongly about divorce. Because the Gospels show us again and again that Jesus was advocating for those who are vulnerable. And so it would make sense that Jesus would have a heart for those who were made vulnerable because of divorce. In Jesus' day, there was a debate going on. A debate going on among the Jewish religious leaders regarding on what grounds could a man divorce his wife. There were two schools of thought. The first school of thought was that a man could divorce his wife for anything, from burning the pot roast to a much more serious offense. The second school of thought was that adultery was the only grounds for divorce. Now, it was probably from this debate that the Pharisees in our gospel today came to ask Jesus about divorce. They Mark tells us that they wanted to test Jesus, maybe see which side of the debate he would come down on. But Jesus doesn't fall for that. He refuses to go there. He doesn't focus on when divorce should be legal. Instead, he reminds them of God's good intentions and hopes for human relationships. And to do that, Jesus goes all the way back to the beginning, to the creation story, to the reminder that we are created in the image of God and that we carry that divine image into our human relationships. Jesus goes back to the creation story to help us remember that the first thing that was declared not good in God's good creation was that the human was alone because there was no suitable partner found. In other words, God created us to be in relationship, to be in community. In the, God, in the goodness of God's creation, we are a gift to each other. So today, find someone and say, I am thankful that God has gifted me with you in my life. Now, any human relationship can mirror God's hope for love and mutual support. But in a marriage, a couple enters into a covenant relationship where, they're, where they name their intentions. They face each other and they make promises. They make vows to love and care for each other. Now, in my 27 years as a pastor, I have officiated at a lot of weddings. And they are joyful days when the community gathers around two people to witness them exchange their vows to one another. And as a part of the wedding service, the gathered community also makes promises. They promise that they will pray for and care for and uphold this couple as they join in marriage. Which is important because Fulfilling the marriage vows will be challenging at times. We need each other's prayers. Because one thing I know for sure about every single wedding that I have been a part of, every single one 
including my own, is that marriage is always entered into by imperfect and sinful people. Even in the, in the best of marriages, we have a great capacity to hurt each other. Sometimes our brokenness means that a marriage reaches a point of pain where divorce is the least awful choice in front of us. The marriage covenant needs to be severed for the sake of healing and wholeness. Sometimes a relationship has to die so that God can bring resurrection. But the death of a marriage is not easy. What I can say, at least from my own experience, is that divorce is very painful. There's all the turmoil leading up to making the decision to get a divorce. Then the pain of naming that decision to family and friends and the challenge of dividing one household into two. There's a lot of loss with divorce, including the loss of hopes and dreams. There's an erosion of something deep in your core that is not easy to name and even harder to heal. The death of a marriage is not something that happens quickly. It doesn't end at the courthouse. It takes time and is often a journey riddled with anger and vulnerability and grief. In our gospel today, Jesus reminds us of God's hope and God's intention for the covenant of marriage. And I, for one, am grateful that God has a more loving intention for us than the brokenness of divorce. And I am grateful that divorce was not God's hope for me, that it was not God's intention for anyone who has known that painful experience. But I'm even more grateful that God has a plan to redeem all of our human brokenness, including the brokenness of divorce. In the goodness of God's creation, it is not good for us to be alone. But marriage isn't the only way for us to find healing and support and the joy of human community. I know for me, God brought healing, at least in part, through the love of my church family. The church that continued to welcome me, not just as a member of the flock, but also as their pastor. It was a gift of pure grace for me to have a church family that lifted me up in prayer and walked with me in my journey of grief. As a church family, we ate together at God's table and we experienced God's good intentions for us. And we rejoiced at the baptismal font as we were reminded that God had entered into a covenantal relationship with each of us and that through baptism, God had promised to claim us and care for us forever. It's a covenant we clung to the hope that God would never divorce us from. Today, Jesus reminds us that we are created to be in relationship and that it is through relationship that we can know God's abundant life. In fact, relationship was so important to God that Jesus took on human flesh and blood to come and walk with us, to come and be in relationship, and to show us that nothing can separate us from God's covenantal love. 
We should also note that Jesus isn't addressing one individual situation regarding divorce. Jesus is addressing the community. He's inviting us to consider what kind of community will we be. In the church, we are invited into relationships that are founded in love and mutual support, rooted in respect and dignity, always with an eye to protect the vulnerable and welcome them. We seek deeper relationships with each other because we know that when we have trusting and open and honest relationships with each other, we are really in relationship with God. This is the place, this is the community where we can be imperfectly human and know that Christ crucified meets us in that humanity. This is where we can share our pain and our joys and know that others are walking with us. To be broken is to be human. To be human is to be loved by God and drawn together with all the other people that God loves. Our weekly gatherings are of the broken and loved, of the hurting but also the healing, of those who are lost but also found, of those who are fed and forgiven, of those who weep and rejoice but do not do so alone. We gather, we come together as those who are married or divorced, widowed or single or even as children, and every one of us is welcome. Today, Jesus reminds us of God's good intentions, that we are not alone. God is here, and God has gifted us with each other. When we gather, we will always be a community of the broken, but we will also always be a community of the blessed. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.